What's up, everybody? Welcome in. It is time for the Week 7 Big 12 Football Reaction Show. Let's get right to it after what was an incredible day of Big 12 football. Once again, the underdogs dominate in the Big 12 for a second straight week. Most of the underdogs end up winning outright. In this week, it was four of five underdogs pulling out straight-up victories. What other conference is that going to happen in? This is by far the most entertaining college football conference in America. I'm not saying it's the best, but I'm saying it is by far the most entertaining. Thank you for being here. Thanks for joining the show. We'll talk about the games here as you roll in on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, and of course on the podcast. And by the way, we're doing this on Saturday night since the game's wrapped up kind of early. So I want your feedback on this. Let me know on social media or in the comments uh, if you like doing this on Saturday night versus, say, Sunday late morning, which is typically when we'll do this show. But I figure I got time. Big 12 games are over. You've got time. Let's talk some Big 12. So I want to begin. There's a lot of great storylines, but I want to begin with what to me is the best storyline. And that is what we saw in the last game of the Big 12 schedule. Kansas State dominating Texas Tech 38-21. to Now, Kansas State has a quarterback controversy. Let's be very clear. Avery Johnson looked amazing in this game. Avery Johnson ran for five touchdowns. Avery Johnson became, by the way, we've got the numbers here, the first Big 12 quarterback with five rushing touchdowns in a single game since Colin Klein, his offensive coordinator, did it back in 2011. That's a great tidbit. Avery Johnson came in and, to me, just took Will Howard's job. I don't know how Chris Kleiman can go back to Avery to go go back to Will Howard after what Avery Johnson just did against Texas Tech. Now I know Tech doesn't have the best defense in the world, but that was an incredible performance, and Avery Johnson can sling it. He was 8'9", 77 yards. I didn't know. I had never seen Avery Johnson throw a pass before. But he's got a quick release. He's accurate. He's got good pocket presence and awareness. I was very impressed with Avery Johnson at quarterback. And there's been a couple of issues for Kansas State so far this season. One is the quarterback play in Will Howard. The other is the secondary. The secondary still has concerns for Texas Tech, but or for Kansas State. But if they get this kind of quarterback play out of Avery Johnson, Kansas State is right back on the Big 12 title hunt. Kansas State is right in the mix for being able to find itself back in Arlington for a second straight year if they move to Avery Johnson, which I would be doing no-brainer decision after what I saw against Texas Tech on Saturday night. That's how good Avery Johnson was. I mean, what more can you say? Yes, the running game was very good for Kansas State as well. Treshawn Ward, 15 carries, 118 yards as a team. K-State rushed for 273 yards against Texas Tech. Now, you feel bad for Texas Tech because Baron Morton went down, and they went with Jake Strong. You're on your third-string quarterback. But can somebody explain to me why Joey McGuire put so much faith in Jake Strong? 
He put the kid in an impossible spot. He's launching the ball downfield. He's throwing three interceptions. He's losing confidence by the minute. Meantime, you got Taj Brooks back there who's averaging six yards a carry on the night. Taj Brooks was averaging six yards a carry, and he only touched the ball 17 times. I don't get it. Now, 38-21 is going to make it sound like it was a huge win for Kansas State, and it was, but Tech was in this game until Joey McGuire asked Jake Strong, his third-string quarterback, to win him the game, which he didn't have to do. That's the part that I just didn't get. I, I mean, I'm watching this game unfold, and I'm like, what's he doing to the poor kid? I don't know about you, but it made absolutely no sense to me what the game plan was. It's like they acted like the game plan shouldn't change when you get to your third-string quarterback. And that was completely confusing to me. If I was a Texas Tech fan, I'd be banging my head against the wall, being like, could you just run the damn ball? We got this guy, Taj Brooks. He's one of the best backs in the Big 12. He's having a good night. Run the offense through him. What was Tech thinking? I, I don't, and I'm not saying that would have won the game, but gosh dang, if you're a Tech fan, you have got to be beyond frustrated watching that thing play out the way it did, especially, you know, you find yourselves, if you're Texas Tech, you're up 21-17, right? You have a 99-yard drive. You're looking good. K-State comes back. They put together a great, great drive. They're up 24-21. And then what do you do? First play on the next drive, Jake Strong gets intercepted. And then one play later, K-State scores a touchdown, and it's 31-21, and it starts to feel like the game's out of reach. But then, once again, same thing next drive, interception. It was just so unfair to Jake Strong to put him in that position for Texas Tech. I don't know what the heck Joy McGuire was thinking and that staff was thinking, Kitley and company there, with that game plan. It was beyond frustrating if you're a Texas Tech fan to see that go down the way it did. So, I mean, it's a great win for Kansas State. To me, they're back in the Big 12 title hunt. And we can officially say Texas Tech's season is a disappointment. I had Texas Tech in the Big 12 title game against K-State. That's um, seeming incredibly unlikely like right now. But Texas Tech is 3-4. and four. This season is a disappointment. There is no other way to put it for Texas Tech. I know, you know you're on your third string quarterback. That's tough. But at 3-4, and four, this is not what I expected from Tech. And um, I don't think it's what most Tech fans expected either. So if you K-State, you know what? Burn the red shirt for Avery Johnson. I thought it was already going to be burnt anyway before the, tonight. But now, to me, he is your starting quarterback in Manhattan. Uh, the next game I want to talk about in terms of importance and intrigue and how it went down, Oklahoma State beating Kansas 39-32. Two weeks ago, how many of you in Stillwater – we're talking Mike Gundy hot seat. Come on, admit it. There were some of you out there. And what does Mike Gundy do? He wins two straight Big 12 games. Nobody sees it coming. He beats K-State on a Friday night. He beats KU on Saturday in the top 25. And Mike Gundy and the Cowboys are 4-2 and two overall. They're 2-1 and one in conference play. And they're playing pretty darn good football. Don't count Mike Gundy out. Now, I don't know what the heck happened in that South Alabama game. That game is such an embarrassment for so many reasons. 
but too many people counted Mike Gundy out. Now, is it fair to criticize Mike Gundy and why and question why he was using three quarterbacks for as long as he was? Yes. After the game, Ollie Gordon, the running back, kind of alluded to this and said, honestly, I feel like our offense is just kind of moving along better with one quarterback. Yeah, no kidding. And if you thought that you had the guy in Alan Bowman, then just play Alan Bowman. I don't want to be pessimistic, but a part of me wonders if Gundy was trying to get his kid the job. I don't think that's the case because, honestly, I thought Gunnar Gundy of the three looked like the best quarterback, but it wasn't saying much. And in fairness to Alan Bowman and anybody put in that spot, playing one series, sitting two, playing one series, sitting two, that's no way to get into a rhythm. So finally, there's a little rhythm for this Oklahoma State offense. And you saw that play out against Kansas on a Saturday afternoon in Stillwater. And Ollie Gordon's a big reason why. Ollie Gordon had himself a game, man. Dude had 29 carries, 168 yards, and a score. He had six receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown there. Allen Bowman was 28 of 41, 336 yards, two touchdowns. He had his best game as quarterback at Oklahoma State by a mile. He was looking very good. I was very impressed with Allen Bowman and what he was bringing to the table on Saturday. Now, Kansas's defense leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, they continue to get torched. But here's the thing for Kansas. They did not run the ball like we thought they would. A week after piling up 400 yards against UCF, they barely averaged three yards a carry. 29 carries for 90 yards against um, Oklahoma State on Saturday. Now, Jason Bean threw for over 400, and I'll tell you what, Jason Bean threw the prettiest ball on Saturday I've ever seen him throw. I mean, I across all four quarters, he was good. I was impressed. But you know what? Um, he threw a couple of picks. He did have a couple of fumbles. Didn't lose them, thank goodness for him. But Oklahoma State, you know, its defense gave up a lot of yards. It gave up 500 yards. But they were pretty efficient getting in the backfield. Four sacks, seven tackles for loss. A uh, couple of picks. And they did what needed to be done. And for Kansas, you know, a lot of people are pointing to the lack of an offsides, right? You know the play, uh, fourth and five in Oklahoma State territory. Uh, Kansas is up, what, 32-30 at the time. And Oklahoma State clearly jumps offsides and it wasn't called. That's not why Kansas lost this game. That's not. All right, this game was lost. There were special teams errors all over the place. You know, you had the missed extra points. There were a lot of mistakes that Kansas made. You can't, if you're a KU fan in good faith, point to that fourth and five missed offsides and say that's why you lost. And I don't really like it when any fan base does that. I know it's frustrating, but it's very rare that you look at that play and say, that's why you lost. If they get that first down, who knows what happens after that, right? They're still only up a couple of points. Maybe they kick a field goal at the end of the drive, but then maybe Oklahoma State still goes down and scores a touchdown. Who the heck knows? But I can't point to that offsides and say, that's why they lost this game. I just, I I can't do it. 
But um, Kansas is, yes, reeling a little bit after uh, this loss. Uh, the defense is leaving a lot to be desired. And Ollie Gordon had himself a game, and now Oklahoma State's sitting there at 4-2 and two overall, which I'll tell you what, two weeks ago, nobody would have predicted for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, right? Let's just be fair here. None of us would have predicted this, but <laughs> such is life in the Big 12 Conference right now. Next game up we're going to dive into, Iowa State pounding Cincinnati 30-10. to Rocco Beck played his best game as an Iowa State quarterback. You are seeing Rocco Beck's growth in real time at Iowa State. That's what you're seeing. This young quarterback is getting more confident every single week. He finished 15-25, 241, two touchdowns. It's not going to be the prettiest box score of all time, but first off, there were some great passes, especially on the drive where they went up 30-10. to 10. Not just the touchdown pass, but he had some beautiful plays on that drive. He drew the offsides against Cincinnati. That was a big play. That was kind of a veteran, savvy veteran play out of Rocco Beck. And then, I don't know about you, but there were times as I'm watching his touchdown passes to his two tight ends, Benjamin Brommer and Steve O'Klotz, I felt like I was watching Brock Purdy get it to uh, you know his old school tight ends from back in the day, Chase Allen and Charlie Kohler. I almost blanked on Kohler's name, but I didn't. But I felt like I was watching that. The way that they were using the tight ends in the red zone was very reminiscent of the Brock Purdy, Charlie Kohler, Chase Allen days. Was it not? I mean, if you're an Iowa State fan, you had to have flashbacks to that, right? Which is great. I mean, it was awesome. And then, you know what? They held uh, Cincinnati first off, Emory Jones really struggled. He threw for less than 100 yards, Cincinnati's quarterback. They couldn't get the run game going outside of Jones, and half the time it's because he was running for his life, not because it was a designed run. So uh, he, he, I don't know if Emory Jones can win you Big 12 games at this level. I'm just not convinced he can do it, not based on what I've seen thus far. And uh, the rest of the offense really couldn't get it going either. Cincinnati was held to... 3.5 yards a carry, uh, I mean, 115 rushing yards, 99 passing yards. They didn't get much done at all. Uh, meantime, Iowa State was all over that backfield, it seemed like, a lot of the afternoon. And, and let's not overlook, for those Iowa State fans who have been very critical, and rightfully so, of Matt Campbell's special teams, special teams in large part, won Iowa State this game. And it's been a good year for Iowa State on the special teams front. All right? When you look at the special teams, though, on Saturday, Chase Contreras, 3 of 3 on field goals, 3 of 3 on extra points. Jalen Knoll had the 72-yard kick return. Tyler Perkins averaged 47 yards a punt, put one inside the 20. That's exactly the kind of special teams that Iowa State has to have to win games. Iowa State's not going to blow out a lot of teams. They're going to play in a lot of close games, field goal here, field goal there. Those games will come down the special teams, and it's been the Achilles heel of Iowa State for a very long time. And on Saturday, it wasn't. And it hasn't really been this season. They've had very good special teams so far this season at Iowa State. So that has been... Very encouraging for the Cyclones. If you're an Iowa State fan, you have got to be thrilled 
with how this team played on Saturday, the fact that Iowa State is quietly 3-1 and one in conference play. Once again, how many people were talking about Matt Campbell on some type of ridiculous hot seat a couple of weeks back? Matt Campbell with a bunch of kids that nobody knows outside of, you know, Iowa State fans and diehard Big 12 fans who listen to this show, which is why you should listen to this show because you'll learn things about the rest of the Big 12. But I, the dude's 3-1. and one. He's in second place. Iowa State is in sole possession of second place in the Big 12 Conference. All right? I mean, if I told you that three weeks ago, you'd say, of course I'll sign up for that. Yeah, they got the bad non-conference losses. Iowa's always tough. It's always an issue for Campbell. The Ohio loss, food poisoning, everything else. They're in second place in the Big 12 right now at the halfway mark. If the season ended today, Iowa State's playing for a Big 12 title. I know it's early. I'm just pointing that out. And it's with a bunch of young guys in a developmental program. It's pretty damn good. So let's back off of Matt Campbell here for a hot minute. All right, please, let's do that. All right, I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Hit that thumbs up if you're on YouTube. Uh, Share the video if you're on Facebook. And as always on the podcast, you know what to do, right? I'm flashing the koozie on YouTube. You get a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. I just put another half dozen in the mail on Friday, uh, so we are sending out dozens of koozies every week for free. Just leave that five-star rating and review. I'll hook you guys up, and it's my token of appreciation for you um, subscribing to the podcast, joining this show, and, of course, hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well because this thing is growing. We're blowing up. Go to the website. We've got recaps and three thoughts on every single game, and join our free message boards as well. That's where you can interact with us all week long. The Heartland College sports staff is always on there. So uh, two other games I got to talk about here in the Big 12. I want to go back to Thursday night. Houston beating West Virginia 41-39. to In one of the most insane games you're ever going to see. What the heck was that? I want to say what the bleep was that, but I like this to be a family-friendly show. That was insane. That fourth quarter was nuts. 44 combined points, back and forth. West Virginia scores with, what, 20 seconds left? Not even 20 seconds, right? They score the go-ahead touchdown. They're up 39-35 with 12 seconds to go. And then Houston with 12 seconds left. Gets a completed pass to midfield. And then Donovan Smith to Stephon Johnson, 49-yard Hail Mary. Houston wins on a walk-off Hail Mary touchdown. Here's where West Virginia screwed up. The obvious thing to say is bat down the ball, drop back more defensive backs. What are you doing? I mean, there's a lot of questions there on the Hail Mary defense. But Garrett Green getting the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after the touchdown to go up 39-35 is the kind of boneheaded thing that a veteran quarterback cannot do. That was mind-numbingly ridiculous. Now, 
you know, I, I went back and forth and I'm like, oh, do you call it there? That's a bad call. It doesn't matter. You're the quarterback. Don't even put yourself in that position, especially as the quarterback. If you're the wide receiver or the running back, I still can't stand it. But listen, those guys are, you know, typically a little flashier than the quarterback. Garrett Green's been around. He knows better. I know it's, you know, you think you're about to get a big win. You're going up against the former coach of the team. But, dude, come on. That is what allowed Houston to be in a position to throw the Hail Mary. That right there. The Garrett Green unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. You can't make that mistake if you're Garrett Green in that spot. That's it. That's all it comes down to. So congratulations to Houston. Congratulations to Dana Holgerson. They were staring 0-3 in the Big 12 squarely in the face, and they get it done. And, uh, you know, for the Mountaineers, uh, the issues on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, that's, that's what you have to look at there, especially, of course, um, in that second half, in that fourth quarter, the way that game went down. I mean, Donovan Smith looked pretty darn good. 21-27, 253, four touchdowns. He's getting more and more comfortable in that system with Dana Holgerson. So I, I, I think Houston's got a lot of holes, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But if they can keep pace, they might be able to win a few more shootouts. I don't know about next week against Texas, but either way, that one stings for West Virginia. Now, is Neil Brown back on the hot seat, as some of you are suggesting? No. No, 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 no. I'm seeing some of that here on uh, YouTube Live. I'm not putting Neil Brown back on the hot seat. Let's not, let's not be unreasonable here. Let's not do what Oklahoma State fans did the last couple of weeks or Matt Campbell or Iowa State fans the last couple of weeks. Let's not do that. Come on, we're all better than that, West Virginia fans. Don't do it. Come on, all right? So... Let's just see how this plays out. But it could go, you know, listen, West Virginia won a couple of big games. They beat Tech. They beat TCU. Uh, they had the bad loss. Now they got Oklahoma State. That is a fascinating game on Saturday. West Virginia, Oklahoma State means a lot to both of these teams. And that is going to be a lot of fun to watch. But after that, you know, UCF and BYU are two very winnable games for West Virginia. So they could still be sitting there at 4-2 and two in the Big 12 going into Oklahoma in uh, mid-November. So a lot to watch, a lot to follow, and we'll be doing it here at Heartland College Sports. The last game that we haven't yet talked about, TCU dominating BYU, 44-11. So let me just say this. Every week I give you my uh, – I do it on Wednesday or Thursday night – I give you my underdog, my lock of the week, and my bad bet of the week. We went two and one this week, so I'm now 11, six, and one on the season. So we are rolling on these picks. You got to make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or on the podcast so you don't miss this episode on Wednesday or Thursday. But my lock of the week was Iowa State plus five against Cincinnati. My underdog of the week was Kansas State plus one and a half against Texas Tech. I hit both of those. What I didn't hit, I said TCU minus five was a bad bet against BYU. And obviously, I missed that one by a mile. But it doesn't matter. I'll take two and one every single time. TCU may have found something in Josh Hoover. 
Chandler Morris may have been Wally Pipped for the second straight year. If you're an old school sports fan, you'll know what that reference is. But uh, it looks, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't move. I, I, it's just like Avery Johnson at Kansas State. I'm not going to move off of Josh Hoover after what I just saw against BYU. 37 of 58, 439 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, he threw a couple of picks, but man, I this TCU offense looked a lot different than what it's looked like the last couple of weeks. I mean, that second half against West Virginia, they were terrible in that game. In the second half, you know, against Iowa State, they were bad. So at this point, first off, we knew that TCU had a ton of talent at wide receiver. We knew that Imani Bailey was strong in the backfield. But, man, I mean, they completed uh, receptions to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 13 guys caught passes at TCU for crying out loud. Jeez. We knew they had the talent, but, man, I unbelievable. So I'm going to stick with Hoover. Uh, yeah, as Reagan says here on uh, YouTube, Hoover looked like a senior out there. That's exactly right. He did look like a senior out there, man. I ain't moving on from that guy right now. So it was a very impressive performance from TCU. It was overall their best defensive performance as well uh, for the Horn Frogs this season. Sonny Dykes desperately needed that game after losing uh, two straight conference games the prior two weeks, especially with Kansas State on deck. So that was a big win for the Horn Frogs. BYU um, just got absolutely slapped around, and I, I just didn't see that coming. I thought, you know, BYU was coming off a bye week. Um, they want to, you know, get that first win against a new Big 12 team. They got the team that, you know, was in the national championship game, bit vulnerable, had lost two straight, and they just laid a total egg. So, ish, gosh, that was a tough one for BYU. That's a long flight home for the Cougars. But you look at the Big 12, four of five underdogs end up winning outright. What other conference is that going to happen in, in this country? None. Absolutely none. So it was just absolutely crazy. It was a great weekend, great day of uh, Big 12 football, and I hope that you guys enjoyed us. Scott, uh, don't screw us on the power rankings. That's a West Virginia fan. It was a Hail Mary loss. You'll have to wait for Monday's show for the power rankings. All right, Scott, you're going to have to wait for that. But listen, Houston, I, didn't, I don't think it's a very good team. So it doesn't matter. West Virginia's going to take a hit. Joe says Kansas State's uh, defense is very average. That is a nice way to put it, Joe. I would say it's less than average. Uh, Gordon and Presley showed out in Stillwater. That is also from Joe. Yep, you're absolutely right about that. No doubt about it. Uh, J-Rod, Ollie Gordon carried the team for Oklahoma State. Yep, 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 yep. Eric, uh, you seem to be confused. Wildcats are defending Big 12 champs. We were not the underdogs. Eric, you're wrong. By Vegas' standards, you were the underdogs. And that's what matters here. Being de- defending Big 12 champs is meaningless in Vegas. And Vegas wasn't built on people winning money. It was built on losers. So Vegas always knows best, 
and Vegas had Kansas State technically as an underdog. I thought they would be wrong, by the way. I, I did, and they were wrong. But when I say the underdogs won, I mean that based on what Las Vegas had on the spread going into the game. And going into the game, Texas Tech was favored. But of course, I hammered Kansas State because I also thought Kansas State would pull out a solid victory. Uh, <laughs> someone asking about USC getting blown out by Notre Dame. Yeah, I'll tell you what. USC fans and OU fans are like this right now about Lincoln Riley. They are simpatico. And somewhere, Colin Cowherd is crying because he can't do a monologue on Monday kissing Lincoln Riley's ass and talking about how top recruits don't, don't go to Notre Dame anymore because it's cold or something stupid like that. So that's got to be really upsetting for him and for all the other uh, Lincoln Riley fanboys out there. But, you know, here's Brent Venables coming off his best win and arguably the best win of the college football season where Lincoln Riley is uh, getting blown out by Notre Dame on Saturday night. So go figure, go make sense of that. Such is life. No tears here. Uh, good question. All right. Dustin asks, if Avery Johnson played against Oklahoma State, Cats would have won. I, listen, it's a good question. I don't know. All I know is I would not go back to Will Howard. I wouldn't do it. Mark says Avery Johnson has the best hair in college football. I agree. You know, if he gets to the NFL, I'd, I'd cut the hair. I think he got to grow up when he gets to the NFL. But for a freshman, balling out like he is, keep the hair, brother. Keep the hair. Brian, Iowa State's growing out. Yes, this I'm telling you, man. I've said it the last two weeks. Iowa State is a team that I would not want to be playing right now. They're a young group in a developmental program getting better every single week. This is exactly what Matt Campbell does. And it has been incredibly impressive to watch. So, yeah, Iowa State, 3-1 and one now, sole possession of second place in the Big 12. Who saw that coming? Jeez. It is uh, quite a scene right now in this league, and we are going to learn so much more next week as well. We got some key games on the schedule next week. I cannot wait to talk to you guys about it as the week goes on. Oklahoma State at West Virginia is enormous. TCU at Kansas State has a lot of meaning. Texas at Houston, you know, for different reasons. But gosh, there's a lot going on in this conference. And we appreciate you being here at Heartland College Sports. Go to the website. We got three thoughts on every single game from the day. Um, on top of that, Subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on the podcast, leave us five stars. It's a great way to help us grow this show, and uh, we'll get you hooked up with a free Heartland College Sports koozie. If you leave a rating and a review, we want to get to 750 ratings on iTunes by, can we do it by Halloween? That might be too aggressive. Might be too aggressive, but if you guys can help us do it, that'd be awesome. All right, and we'll get you the free Heartland College Sports koozie. I'll flash it one more time right there for you guys putting them in the mail by the dozens every single week. I'm enjoying doing this on a Saturday night, by the way, versus a Sunday around lunchtime. So let me know what you're thinking of this. If you like this time, leave a comment on YouTube or on Facebook, and um, I'll do a mother-in-law survey and decide if we keep doing this on Saturday nights versus, say, Sunday around lunchtime or so. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Join our free message boards as well. That's a great way to interact with us. And you can also... 
Download other Heartland College Sports podcasts. We've got team-focused podcasts. We have a betting podcast with a guy in Vegas. So just put in Heartland College Sports wherever you get your podcasts, and all of our shows will show up. Have a great night. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Love it, love it, love it. All right, we're loving Saturday nights. I love it on Saturday night, too. I might have pop a beer, too, next week. Who knows? We'll get crazy. Talk to you guys soon. Take care.